old building entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. podcast of the Aquaman Shrine and Firestorm fan. I am your host, Rob, from the Aquaman Shrine, and always, as, as always, is with me my co-host, the irredeemable Shag. Say hello, Shag. Hello! I am excited to be here. I think we can tell. That's great. No, I am. I'm jazzed. I'm totally jazzed. Today's uh, episode is inspired by a comment made by one of our uh, fabulous listeners. We'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, but first, we're just going to do a couple of uh, couple of things we wanted to mention. Shag, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, episode 9, our last – or 10, whatever, the last episode we did, we covered um, Aquaman number 4 and Fury of Firestorm, the nuclear men number 4. And we talked uh, – at one point, we talked about uh, Yield Ray Sinar being the penciler and previous inker of the book. And we said some things about his work, and you know, we both really like his work and miss his inking. And he was very appreciative of the comments. He emailed me, actually, uh, uh, by way of saying thanks. He sent me a teaser, an exclusive teaser for Fury of Firestorm number 5. It's a one-panel shot of uh, what appears to be another Firestorm. Uh, I believe it's the Middle Eastern Firestorm, but we're not sure. We won't know till January 25th. But anyway, it's a, it's a one-panel teaser for Firestorm number five. He normally publishes those on Facebook or his own page, but he gave it to, to us as a way of thank you. So it was an exclusive that got up on Firestorm Fan. And wow, let me tell you, it's super cool. And that was so nice of him. I yeah. Mean, he absolutely – he doesn't owe us anything. I mean – He's he's a great artist, and we're just nerdy fans. You know, I mean, ultimately is what it is. But uh, it was incredibly generous of him. Uh, I really appreciate it, and he's been very supportive of the podcast in general. And uh, just such a nice guy. Yeah, there's. I mean, aside from the yeah, like you said, it's a very very nice thing for him to do. The teasers are just really slick looking and and really cool. They're, to me, they feel very old school, uh, and they may not be old school. They just feel old school. Um, but I love them. I think those are great. I would love to see, you know, like, a, I don't know, maybe after a year or whatever, like, I'd love to see them all together in one post. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that a great idea. Need to, to see them all, all together, like bump Firestorm bumper stickers or something. They're, they're, 
they're really they're really sharp. I always look forward to seeing them when when they pop up on the uh, on the blog. I, I love my. I, I imagine them. The, the dimensions they are. They'd make a perfect like old school comic book ad, like when they used to tell a story and the story would stop like I don't know two thirds of the way or yes, three quarters of the way down the page, and they'd use that little bottom block yep. as an ad for something. That's what That's I'm. Th- them, of, yeah, that must be what I'm thinking of. Is that that yep. one third size ad? In all of them, they have this, this black border. And they have, you know, the Firestorm thing, and all of them say, the world is watching, which is a cool catchphrase. So, and he's been doing these since issue one, and uh, I love them. So, man, thank you, Yildere. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that is that is majorly cool. I said we've both had now very, very great experiences with Yildere. Uh, well, they, they uh, the creators of Firestorm and, and Aquaman have made themselves so accessible to the fans. Yeah. And they're pre- and, and I think you, you talked about it when you did your interview with Joe Prado and folks that, you know, they're fans too. And they, they appreciate us helping pimp their stuff, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I probably shouldn't even mention this until it happens because, you know, but um, I you been, can't te- you can't tease us like that. I know, I know. But I mean, I guess I guess maybe if I put it out there, like it'll, I'm, I'm doing a whole like uh, uh, the you know the secret thing where like I'm trying to visualize it, maybe make it happen. But um, I've talked to the three guys from Aquaman, the three members of the art team, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, and Rod Reese. And we are all, they are all up for a group interview where mm-hmm. I would interview them all at the same time. And we initially talked about doing it on the phone, which, you know, would naturally be the way we do it because those all the guys, they all live in like Brazil. Mm-hmm. But um, we have talked about doing it at a Comic Con. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, as far as we can tell from the schedule, like the four of us will not be at the same Comic Con. Like throughout the entire year, <laughs> like two, two of them will be at one show that I might be at, and then three of them will be at another show that I won't be at, and then <laughs> so we can't. <laughs> but I, I, I sent a message to Rod Reese and just told him what I wanted to do. Is I said, you know, Rod, I would love to come to a show, and the the four of us go out somewhere, and we'll just record an interview, and we'll like do it in like a bar, and we'll all have drinks. <laughs> and, and I said, that'll be the greatest interview ever. And he, he wrote back like five seconds later and he's like, I absolutely want to do that. So, so, so I don't know how we're ever going to pull that together, but I, I have to, cause I think that'll be the greatest interview in, in history because it'll just be three Aquaman guys and one Uber nerd fan just getting sort of plastered talking about, <laughs> talking about Aquaman. <laughs> so that, that damn ocean master yeah, is exactly. a frick. Here's my black man impression. So, I mean, you know, that'll be, (laughs) like I said, I don't know how we're going to quite pull that off because I don't know if we can all be in the same place at the same time, but I'm just putting it out there in the the, the ether and and maybe the universe will find a way to get us all, get us all in the same room. So we will see. Sounds like a great plan. Uh, Yeah. uh, That'll be the greatest episode of Fire and Water ever. Um, Oh yeah, well. Yeah. Um, until, until that time, we go out with Jerry Conway and get him drunk. Until, yeah, until the time. The thing I guess the thing I wanted to mention was uh, in the last episode, as uh, most of you are listening know, Shag came up with an idea of a name that Aqua Dog contest, which I was like struck by, like what it was such a brilliantly simple idea that was. I it did not occur to me. So like that night, I wrote up a post. And I think we posted it, uh, I don't know, like two days later or something like that. So we, we've been running the Name That Aqua Dog contest. Um, we did, an, we did a, a post where we asked people to submit names, and we got that Name That Aqua Dog post that ran, I believe it ran on this, uh, the 9th, um, got the most amount of comments of any Aquaman Shrine post ever 
in five, awesome. in five years. It got, <laughs> it got 62 comments as of this oh, wow. recording, which is more than even the 70th birthday <laughs> thing that we did. Um, so we, we culled it down to 15 um, of what I thought were the best ideas, and then we put them up on a poll, and the poll is running right now. There's four days left to vote, as I guess, as of this recording. So you can still go and vote. And uh, right now, currently, Salty is in the lead with 20, 22% of the vote. But uh, there's, some, there's some others uh, nipping at Salty's heels there. So uh, if you're interested, go and vote. I have to thank Shag. Thank you again for that idea. I think it was great. You're welcome. Yes. And, uh, folks, if you have any, any integrity, go out there and vote for Storm. Okay? <laughs> Just forget this Salty nonsense. Right. Vote for Storm. It makes so much sense. Uh, surprisingly, Trench is also high up on the uh, list. I don't know why Aquaman <laughs> would name his dog after so what's murderous your plan? killers. But w- once you have the final winner, you know, how, how, what's your plan of notifying DC? I mean, clearly they have their own plan, and Jeff's got his own plan. Yes. But, but you've got to share that you had the Well, we'll, we'll tweet it to Jeff. We'll tweet it to Jeff Johns and just tell him, you know, hey, this was, this was our fan's pick, I'm sure – I'm sure he already has the dog named, but you know what the hell. The, the least we can do is is, uh, uh, is is get it to Jeff's attention, and we'll probably send it to DC as well. And I might probably whoever suggested the number one vote getting name, I'll probably send them a prize because it always, you know, the, I like doing the polls because it really gets people more involved and stuff. So I want to oh, yeah. sort of you know insp- um, encourage that. I, I'd say you ought to notify DC and, and Jeff now that the contest's going on because. <laughs> I think they know. I think they know. I oh, think really? we tweeted them about it. I'm not, I'll have to ask Joe, who runs the Twitter feed, but uh, I'm pretty sure they know. Joe Slab, our newest listener. Joe Slab, our newest listener. He finally got around to listening to some of the podcasts. He's not gonna. He's not even gonna hear this because he's back on the bottle. But uh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe that you know Joe running the Aquaman Trends Twitter feed and talking with me about Aquaman every day is not enough for him. He now has to download the podcast. He kept apologizing that he wasn't listening to the podcast. And I'm like, Joe, you don't have to apologize. I think you've immersed yourself in this world enough. I don't think yeah. you need to. I mean, we trade texts every day. We trade emails every day. And, like, we probably talk on the phone maybe once every week about stuff. It's like, you know, Joe, you don't need to hear from me anymore about Aquaman. So I don't take it, I don't take it personally. But I do appreciate that he's listening to the show now. So our, our topic for tonight's show, or at least the first half, is going to be, uh, as we said, based on a suggestion from one of our listeners, is uh, favorite merchandise, favorite pieces of Aquaman and Firestorm merchandise. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, who better to talk about toys than two grown men? Uh, and, um, Yikes! <laughs> Um, obviously there's a lot more Aquaman stuff than, than Firestorm stuff. And this, we're not going to, la di la di da there is. And, uh, but we're not doing this to like present a list or like some sort of complete history. It's more just our favorite stuff and it could be favorites for any number of reasons. So it's really not meant to be any sort of comprehensive list. It really is just sort of like a going through the, you know, the archives and digging up some, some fun, some fun stuff. So, um, Shag, did you want to go first? Well, first thing I want to tell people about is um, the the Zazzle stores. I want to mention this to, oh, yeah. uh, to folks. Um, could you sound a little less enthusiastic, please? I could, yeah. Okay. All right. Work, work on that for me. Um, DC has set up – if you're not familiar with Zazzle, it is a online store that sells a number of different products, whether it be shirts or tote bags or buttons or whatever, and you can get – 
whatever you want printed on them. You can get your face, you can get your name, your logo, whatever. Well, DC has set up their own shop within Zazzle, and they've put out a number of different designs out there. For example, Firestorm, there's nine different Firestorm designs, like different poses, logos, whatever. And you can get these nine different designs printed on a gazillion things. Aquaman has a store with, like, I don't know, 5,000 different images. 32 pages of Aquaman (laughs) merchandise on Zazzle. So, um, well, there's no particular product I wanted to endorse here because some of it's, you know, honestly, some of it's crap, but some of it's really cool. Uh, it's worth looking at. If you're a Firestorm or Aquaman fan, it's a cool place to find some merchandise very quickly, very accessibly. Um, it, again, not endorsing me, just to give you examples. You can get hoodies and T-shirts and buttons. You can get iPhone 4 covers or mugs, skateboards, computer speakers. I mean, there's just... A ton of different stuff out here. I, I have looked, and I cannot find lingerie. Um, I was thinking for my wife I would give it a shot. No luck. But, um, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, she'd really go for that, right? But, uh, <laughs> you know, Firestorm actually has ten pages of merchandise. Firestorm! Pretty good. So I'm going first. Are we going back and forth? or? or, or? Yeah, let's go back and forth. I think it's fair to say that, and you, you can feel free to disagree because Lord knows you do all the time. Um, that I do not. S- <laughs> ah, see, I was doing it right there. I turned it around. Uh, see, see what you did there? Um, I think it's fair to say that the superpowers action figures are off limits. Yeah, I think they deserve their own episode. Well, that, and it's just, you know, for Firestorm, that was the very first piece of Firestorm merchandise ever. You know, Aquaman, maybe it wasn't as important, but I just, you know, I, I didn't put it on my list of favorites because it's just, it's too important. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's something we could definitely, you know, talking about, that might be fun, talking about the whole superpowers phenomenon. Oh, yeah, I definitely think that deserves its own episode. Oh, that, yeah, that that's episode. coming, folks. That's coming now. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll get to it right after our infamous Who's Who's episodes. Oh, they're going to, you know, Ron, Ron, who's Ron? Rob know. actually tried to talk me into doing it tonight, folks, uh, but I'm, I'm too cranky, so sorry. That's yes. my fault. Blame him, folks. Blame him. Yes. Uh, I'm going to start off by, uh, I'm going to run through just some common types of stuff. Uh, as you said, this is not a comprehensive list, but, um, you know, Firestorm has had a ton of action figures, and, and more so in the last few years than than any other. I mean, just it's just been there's like been an explosion. But I'll tell you, out of action figures, my personal favorite action figure is from the JLA DC Direct JLA series they did. I think in two thousand four, I think is when it was. Uh, it was the same set that had like Elongated Man and Adam Strange, and it's this just really cool looking Firestorm. It's a great figure. I mean, I, I'm not trying to knock the Mattel ones that they've done or. Um, even the, the more recent ones, but this this particular figure is just my favorite. I think he, out of all of them, he looks like the satellite era Firestorm, and he's he's the one I put up in my collection with all my other JLA characters. I just I absolutely love that fig. It looks gorgeous. I, th- I want to say it's the first one they did with the translucent fiery hair too. That's a nice effect. Yeah, yeah, and he's got the silver eyes, so they actually reflect light because he's supposed to have those opaque pupils. It's just a really well sculpted fig. So, what's your? Uh, did you always, or do you have a particular favorite action figure? Um, my first encounter with any sort of uh, Aquaman merchandise was the Mego doll from 1970, mm. and I'm sure that the combination of, uh, like, I, I look at it as like the holy trinity of comic book, TV, and toy. 
And okay. <laughs> so I had, you know, Aquaman on TV via the Super Friends, Aquaman in comics via Adventure Comics and Super Friends at Justice League, and then Aquaman uh, in toy form. And to me, that was just like, you know, bing, bang, boom. You know, <laughs> I mean, you had everything I wanted. So that was really one of, um, you know, that, that's one of the few toys I still have, and I still love it. And uh, I'm frustrated retroactively that uh, when I was seven, I did not uh, find the Aquaman versus the Great White Shark Mego playset that they put out because that thing is worth like ten thousand dollars nowadays. <laughs> it could is that number for real? Uh, I, I'm probably undervaluing it, to be honest. Um, oh, that's insane. Okay. There's, there's, it's, it was, it was a giant flop when it came out. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, nobody bought it, and so therefore, you know, nobody kept it, and now they're impossible to find. I put a, I put a picture of one that was on sale um, on eBay, and uh, I have pictures of it on, on the shrine, and it's, it's, it's got the figure and the plastic shark, and it comes in the box, and the box has been crushed. Mm. I mean, the box looks like, just like it got run over by a truck, and the starting bid was $3,000. Oh, my God. So, and this thing is just ridiculous. This is, this is the toy I own if we've, we've, auctioned, we've uh, optioned the um, rights to the Ace Kilroy movie, <laughs> from, from for Guillermo, for Guillermo del Toro, and right. uh, and Dan and I are sitting on giant piles of cash. But I mean, that would be the like that would be the one thing I would buy if I had just enormous mountains of cash. Would be like a, a, a mint version of the Great White Shark playset because it's just such a goofy toy. Um, well, I, I remember seeing a photo of it. There was there was this black and white magazine, and I can't remember what it was called. It was back in the nineties, and it was there was a whole issue dedicated to JLA merchandise. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I had that same one. It was like a toy collector magazine or something. Yeah. And it had, you know, it had the board game. And, also, and what I did was I, I actually sat down and cut out, like, all the really cool Aquaman oh, my. merchandise, like the shark. And I put it all together in this folder and wrote on them, maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I don't know See, what See, you were doing your own version of the secret. You were trying to make it happen. You were trying to make it turn into a real thing. Um, so, yeah, the Mego stuff was was initially you know the, and then there really wasn't any Aquaman toys for five or six years until the super the superpowers again so yeah. that was that was like a huge uh, a huge thing sure. you know it's funny I, I just actually I just dropped you a link to that firestorm action figure but um it's funny I, I forgot that uh, and then I'm digressing for a second but on firestorm on this particular action figure which by the way if you, if it is 2004 if you search uh, JLA firestorm action figure, on 2004 on uh, Firestorm Fan, you'll get to it. But it's a, he actually has um, the, the electrons on his insignia. He's got the, like, the sunburst in the middle, and he's got the electrons circling the atomic symbol in the middle. Uh, he actually has four electrons, but there's only three electron uh, orbits going on. So there's actually like an extra electron. like It's, it's about to explode is sort of what's going on there. You know, now that you say that, he really should be a bigger character on the Big Bang Theory. Uh, yeah, he, he's not really... Because they're like Captain Science over there, and he's yep. like a science-based character. So exactly. Like even, be... even his insignia is an atomic... Yeah. It's supposed to be, yeah. a, a, you know, a nucleus... Nucleus... I can't, I can't say that word either. Oh, wow. Uh, with the electrons going around it. And, and this one, the reason why this one's interesting is that it's got a fourth electron on a three orbits, so... Yeah, that's, I, that's, that seems like custom-made for those guys. I should, like, we should, like, yeah. send that to them or something. If I watched the show, I would, but I hate it. So now we'll get hate mail for that oh moment.
you know, there's a million other figures I could mention. I mean, you know, there's there's these cool action league figures, which are the mini guys. I find those, those are cute. Yeah, the little, those little are, blocky those are, guys. I've got. I've, I don't have a lot on my desk. I've got a bunch on a bookshelf, but I don't have a lot on my desk. I have like a Blue Devil action figure on my desk. I have like a Doctor Who thing, and it, the only Firestorm thing on my desk specifically are those two little guys, uh, Deathstorm. Who, who I'm not a big fan of, but the Firestorm one I am, and he's just so cute. Who's Death? <laughs> who's Deathstorm? I don't know who Deathstorm is. You read Brightest Day, fool. Oh, that ca- Oh, they have a toy of that. <laughs> they have, yeah. He actually has a few action figures. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I don't want to say rarest because I mean Firestorm stuff isn't all that rare uh, because you know he's, he's that they produced. None of it's been like crazy rare, but probably probably the most unique piece I've got of the action figures would be the J Justice League Unlimited Firestorm action figure. They produced they didn't produce a ton of them when they produced him singly, and then they did a a box set where you could buy a three pack that had Firestorm, Killer Frost, and that's right, you guessed it, Angle Man. Um, yeah, right. Figure that one out, but um. So I, I got the Firestorm from the three-pack. And so there's not a lot of those particular Firestorm action figures out there. So I think that one's kind of cool because it's, you know, sort of obscure. There's other stuff that's fun to talk about. You know, the Toon Tumbler glass. Uh, I've mentioned it several times on the show. I, I'm drinking out of it right now. Uh, it's a gorgeous, you know, one of the – it's done in the old-school style, of like those old Pepsi glasses you'd get at Burger King and stuff growing up. You know, they had the superheroes featured, or some people might remember, like, the Return of the Jedi glasses or whatever. Yes. But it's done in that style. Easily and shatterable Return of the Jedi glasses. Exactly. But the nice thing is, uh, Toon Tumblers were smart. The guys who made these, and they made this nice, thick, like, Pilsner pint glass. Yeah, thick. yeah. So, you drop this sucker, you might have a chance of it surviving. So, I love that. <laughs> i got to mention this one's for its sheer ludicrousy. I have a pair of uh Is that super- a word? Did you just make it ludicrousy? I might have. I might have. Either they, that's either I don't. That might be a rapper. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have a pair of boxers that have a bunch of superheroes on. It's got Superman, like Batman. Uh, I want to see Green Arrows on there. Uh, crazy enough, Doctor Fate and Firestorm both made it on these boxers. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I was in. Uh, someone had g- gave me a heads up, like you got to check this out. I'm like, there's no way. Where the shorts of Nebu. Right, I mean, <laughs> there's no way Firestorm's on a pair of boxers, right? So I went and sure enough, found them. And I, I wore them and they're comfortable, but the problem is, and sorry ladies, um, Firestorm's right square in the middle where you where the flap is. Uh, yeah, I think we got it. So I can't wear them because it's like, and it's one of those boxers that doesn't really button well, you know? Oh, you know, Lord. Talk- oh, my God. All right, let's move on. Oh, this is... I just can't wear them. So I've got <laughs> I them. I think we know why. All right, anyway. But uh, Dr. Fate and Firestorm on a pair of boxers is just awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, take a, I'll take a breather for a second. Yeah. Tell- I'm really disturbing. Fill the, <laughs> fill the tomb tumbler full of vodka and let's... <laughs> uh, no, it's... No, honey, it's water. Um one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite pieces of merchandise that I, I, I really don't buy too much stuff anymore, just because I just don't need to own. I have you know boxes and boxes full of stuff, and I just don't need to own this stuff anymore. I'm more happy to present it on the shrine. So Glitter. If, yes. So if people send me pictures of it, you know, I'm perfectly happy to, to post things on the shrine and just go from that. I don't need to own the thing. An exception to that rule was the superhero checker set. That I had as a kid. Oh yeah. I had yeah, that as yeah, a yeah. kid, and there's a picture of me. Um, 
that I posted on the shrine numerous times of me on the asleep on the floor of our cabin in the Poconos uh, on my birthday because we always spent my birthday up in the Poconos. And I got the checker. It was a good birthday because it's like you see a superhero checker set and like some Star Wars stuff and a Shogun Warrior. So like that was like score. And um, I loved the checker set because it had, you know, of course it had Aquaman on it and Superman and all the main characters. But it had like some esoteric ones too. Like it had Heat Wave and like Green Arrow and Black Canary. Because they, the, they had to represent, they had more pieces than they had main characters. So they had to kind of dip into the archives a bit. Um, did, uh, did, did Quisp get one? No, Quisp did not get one. Um, he has his own cereal. What do you want from him? So, uh, <laughs> um, and the funny thing was, you know, over, over the years, you know, and I lost the Saturn, gave it up, or, you know, with my foolish attempt to appear to be an adult, I probably threw it out or whatever. And then for many years, I could not find it. And even on eBay, like, it would never, I could never find it. And, it, you know, like, the amount of effort it took for me to find one, like, made me want it more. Like, in the end, I think if it had been easy to find, I probably would have been like, eh, I don't care that much about owning it again. But because it became so damn hard to find, it became, like, my big white whale. So, <laughs> um, last year, one of the, a new member of Foam uh, saw my post and sent me a, a link, and he goes, hey, dude, just so you know, it's up on eBay now. And I was like, mm. what? So I go over to eBay, and no, there's no bids on it. I'm like, <gasps> so, um... I bid on it, and I was, like, so sure I was going to get, like, outbid or there was going to be some sniping war, but none of that happened. I, I put I put in one bid. I was the only bidder. I ended up getting it for, like, $10. So, oh, no like, way. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and it's complete, and it has the all the pieces in the board and everything else. And so, you know, it, it's really a pretty goofy set. I mean, it's just, it's just some paper little cards of the figures that you put into bases. It's a pretty, pretty no-frills set, but I love it, because, you know, it's just like, wow, I can't believe I have this thing again that I had, you know, 25, 20, 30-odd years ago. Um, so well, it's, it's, it's a neat set. If we ever meet face-to-face, which we, we never have, listeners, we are playing checkers. That'd be cool. Let me do that. Yeah. That, that would, we'll have to record that, our first video episode of uh, the Fire and Water podcast. I, I will whip your ass, and, <laughs> and be honest, I don't know that people want to see us, actually. <laughs> Uh, I was going to mention just some, quickly some other sort of strange stuff. I mean, uh, there's amongst some of those toys, and I said I was going to talk more about toys, but these are sort of obscure ones. I mentioned in the last episode the Happy Meal toy. There, there is a deformed lump of yellow and red plastic uh, that McDonald's put out that they labeled as Firestorm, which is which is interesting in and of itself that Firestorm got a Happy Meal toy. Uh, there's also some hero clicks, which I think I think are really cool. Actually, they're really well done. There's three different Firestorm hero clicks. Uh, one representing Ronnie, one representing Jason, one representing the the brightest day Firestorm. I think those are really cool, and they're they're nice for especially for their scale to get that much detail. And yeah, it's else. amazing. It's really impressive. There are a million shirts Firestorm is on. Like most of them are Justice League shirts, and he's sort of in the image. I don't have a lot of favorites. I think probably one of my favorites, though, is it's a gray fire. It's a gray shirt, and um, you and I have actually corresponded about it, Rob. And, it, and you know, ironically, you mentioned Big Bang Theory. It's the only time Firestorm's ever appeared on Big Bang Theory. That's right on that shirt that the Sheldon yep. wore. Exactly right. It's it's a really kind of obscure shirt when you look at it. You're like, hey, look, it's Firestorm and Doctor Fate and Green Arrow and Martian Manhunter and Red Tornado. What the hell is that piece <laughs> about? You know, what a bizarre team up. Um, through a series of, uh, of deductions, we have no proof, but of deductions, we're pretty confident it was a promotional piece done around the time the Superpowers action figures were coming out because that 
perfectly match the the second wave of the heroes of from that line. So it's got to be what it's tied to. But I really like that shirt. I just think all the art looks sharp. I like having Doctor Fate and Firestorm on the same shirt. Anyway, I think that's probably my favorite shirt. Although now I'm telling you, on this Zazzle, I'm really thinking about figuring out uh, how to get this Ed Benes image of Firestorm on a shirt because Ed Benes image is awesome. In fact, I own that same Ed Benes image on a on another piece of merchandise, a magnet. It's a um, I don't remember who produced it, but it was part of the Brightest Day. They did a series of Brightest Day magnets. And this Firestorm, even though it's not the Brightest Day Firestorm, ironically, um, got produced. And it's, it's just a really sharp image, and it's a cool – it looks great on a magnet. There's the um, uh, the ideal Super Queens doll um, of Mira, which mm-hmm. is uh, was part of a line of toys meant to appeal to girls. Uh, but sort of girl superhero fans, and it was Wonder Woman, Batgirl, Supergirl, and Mira, and the the dolls are the dolls look like Cupid dolls, so they're kind of creepy looking <laughs> because they're you know they're like kind of dressed like superheroes, but yet they look like babies. Um, but the box art is unbelievably gorgeous. I mean, they're just beautifully done. Um, there's a, on the front of the box, there's like this. I think it's a drawing by Murphy Anderson of Mira holding Arthur Jr. And like the inside of the box is like a monochromatic. Thing. It's just a beautiful piece, and um, uh, I told a story on the Shrine once about, I saw it on eBay back in, like, 2002, and I was, you know, like, in no financial position to bid on such a thing, but I didn't care, and I went ahead and I bid, like, $2,500. What? And it was, yes, and it was one of those things where, like, as I'm, as my finger is hitting the button to hit place bid... My brain is sending me a message like, no, don't do that. And yet, were you, were you tripping? I guess or? so. And so I, I placed the bid, and it was just like, like literally a nanosecond after I hit, hit it, I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? <laughs> and I was so worried during the week that I was going to have to buy this thing because I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? I can't believe I'm so stupid. I'm, you know, I have no money. I'm going to... But luckily, you know, I got outbid, and the, 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 I think the damn thing ended up going for like fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> so there was never any chance I was going to get it. Holy crap! Yeah, it's it's incredibly rare. I only know one person who has one. Um, the Schaefer family they they have one. They took a picture of their Aquaman collection, and I, it's in their collection. Um, he's a, he's a reverend, so it's probably not right that I would sneak into his house and steal it from him. But you know, I don't it's know. probably not good. No, probably not good, but he has to turn the other cheek. So, I mean, you know, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all right. So there, there is that piece. I mean, I would, I, that's another one of those, you know, if I'm a millionaire, I'll go buy one of those things. Um, at the, uh, there is also a, a, an Aquaman sub set from Ideal from the late 60s. Again, a lot of the stuff comes from the late 60s when the Filmation cartoon came out. And um, Aquaman was uh, merchandised for the first time. So there's a lot of the stuff, and, and, you know, of course, a lot of it's really rare because nobody really kept it, but it's, it's a set of... No, nobody cared. Yeah, well... Oh, Come on, it was Aquaman. There's, there was... Okay, yeah, when, <laughs> when they do the Superman Firestorm Mario, you can say that. Um, <laughs> but they had uh, this set of minifigures and a little mini-sub, and it was Aquaman, Firestorm, and, like, some of... Uh, uh, Firestorm. It was Aquaman and Mira <laughs> and some of his villains in these little figurines, and it came with this really cool kind of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea-looking sub. And, you know, that set is impossible to find because it's all tiny little parts. So, I mean, they've all been lost over time. So that's another thing that if you see on eBay, 
in mint condition, it goes for ten, fifteen thousand dollars. You know, that's it's just you know, it's it's beyond the ken of normal toy collector. It's a thing for high end toy dealers probably to trade in back and forth. It's not anything that a regular person like me is ever going to own. But uh, again, it, it would be a dream piece to have. Um, I was going to mention. Um a dream item of mine, since you mentioned some of yours. One of the merchandising items I want desperately, but it's not official. Here's that's that's the that's the caveat here. So I don't know if I'm crossing a realm, you know, in in our boundaries of what we set here for the discussion topic. But it's a, it's an unofficial item that has been fan created. But there is there's a number of custom statues people have produced, and I'm sure there's the same for Aquaman. Um, but yeah. these are statues that. Fans or people that make statues themselves, which is just an amazing skill, I think, but uh, have made. And there's one particular one. It's by this uh, guy named. He goes by Jim M. I don't know who that is, but uh, and it was over on the statueforum.com, and it's on the Firestorm fan site. If you're just look up statue, but it's this gorgeous bust. You know, it's it's from his waist up. He's got his arms kind of raised, almost like a punching position, and he's looking just a tiny bit at the side. And its hair looks awesome. And the way this guy has built it, he built the, the hair out of something translucent also. And, and in this particular photo, he's got like a pin light going through there. So, you know, the, the hair is glowing. The eyes are glowing. It is a gorgeous statue. I would, I'm not a statue kind of guy, but man, I would, I would kill for this. And I've seen some statues go for like 700 bucks. Some Ooh. custom statues go for like 700 mm. And I, I can't. I, I just can't bring myself to bring up that kind of scratch. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's some other custom statues that are also equally gorgeous, but it's just this particular one that it's the bust that is, is my personal favorite. Now, and I'll wrap up and let you... I'll, I'm going to wrap up a Firestorm. You talk, then I'm going to mention a couple Aquaman items I have. Okay. But uh, I have two other unofficial... I, I own, personally, two unofficial items that are just very special to me. One is a, a hat. It's up like a ball cap. I knew this guy that worked at an embroidery shop. And as a gift, he, he made me an embroidered Firestorm ball cap. Oh, cool. It was, uh, at the time, it was the Elemental Firestorm, who, as long-time listeners of the show know, that I love the Elemental Firestorm. No kidding, no joke, no kidding. I l- genuinely think that's an awesome incarnation of Firestorm. Each, each incarnation has something to offer, but that particular one just has some cool stuff that's unique. Anyway, on the, on the front, it's that cool Firestorm logo, which, which looks like embers, like the, the letters are burning. It's a really nice logo. And on the back of the hat has just a little tiny image of Firestorm, all done embroidered on the hat. So it's kind of cool. It's 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 just been it's I've always liked it because you know it's one in a million and it's uh, it's pretty cool. And then my my good buddy, your friend <laughs> Rob, Ed the Unique Geek. I don't know if you recall him. Ah oh, yes, <laughs> Mister ne- Four Stars. It's your nemesis. Years ago, he had printed up for me a Firestorm T-shirt because back then there were no Firestorm T-shirts. There was no Firestorm merchandise other than the Superpowers action figure. That was it. He he had printed up for me a, a T-shirt that was a, a cover from Aquaman. I'm not Aquaman. I'm from Firestorm. I think it's issue. I don't know ninety or eighty seven, eighty eight, whatever. But it was again the Elemental Firestorm. It was this cool shot of him. It's a great cover, and uh, Ed had it printed up for me, and I continue to this day to wear the hell out of that shirt it is i've, I've never even featured on firestorm fan because it is so threadbare and so sad looking that it, it, it's a, it's embarrassing but i i wear it like a night shirt all the time i absolutely love that shirt it's it's just one of my absolute favorites i had, okay. a, I had a justice league t-shirt like that that was the original logo yeah it's on a black shirt and i bought it in midtown comics when i was in manhattan one day and i 
I love that shirt so much that I wore it till it was just basically threads. <laughs> there it is. Yep. I looked like a, just a really tubby Incredible Hulk, you know, with a tattered shirt. <laughs> just, finally had to pack it in. Well, I'm going to mention one last piece of merchandise from Firestorm. And I said, I, t- I already mentioned what my favorite Firestorm action figure is. Uh, it is closely followed by the Brightest Day Firestorm action figure, which recently came out. I think it's a great representation. I think the Brightest Day costume looks great. But this particular one's very special to me. This, uh, I, I, when I said what's on my desk, I forgot this is also on my desk. I'm looking at it right now. It's the Brightest Day um, Firestorm action figure still in the package and written on the back in big black magic marker. says, Shag, keep the home fire burning, Jerry Conway. Yes, you know that's great. That's that that's the stuff that, that makes it one of the kind, one of a kind, and you know, more valuable than anything else you're going to own. Because you know, where's he going to get something like that? Right, and, and and you know, actually, he sent it to me unsolicited. Oh, he and I were, We were sending something else back and forth. I was getting him to sign some stuff that I'm going to do as a, a contest on the site for, and he just included this as just a thanks. Oh wow! And, uh, it just uh, wow, Jerry Conway, the man who created Firestorm. This it's just it's. It's my favorite piece of it. That's why I wanted to end on this. It's my absolute favorite piece of Firestorm merchandise I own. That's so. cool. Yeah, I have a, I have a um, Aquaman Slurpee cup signed by Steve Skeets. Oh, cool. I love. <laughs> I love That's that. awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, the final oh, – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying just – I think what we're going to do, folks, is another day we'll do another show about – Stuff like this, stuff that's unique, that's signed or sketches or something that you couldn't find in the stores but still is sort of, you know, related to the character. So I think we'll do something about that one day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the last thing I wanted to mention, it'll be super quick, is uh, in a lot of ways my favorite piece of merchandise is this little rubber figurine that comes from Japan. And it's part of that super deformed style, which they call which is like the giant heads. And mm-hmm. the, the figures look kind of babyish and it's... It's um, it's 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 like a babyish type Aquaman. He's got a giant head and a tiny body, and he's floating on an inner tube with a with a crab crawling up the inner tube, like headed towards his crotch. <laughs> and Aquaman uh, has this baby face and sort of a surprise look, and his mouth is like very pink and very magenta, so it's, it's like kind of creepily feminine. <laughs> It's a very disturbing figurine, and it sits on a giant spring, so it bounces, which makes it even creepier. And um, the reason the reason I love this thing so much is because I got it at this first San Diego Comic-Con that we ever attended, me and my, my buddies from Cubert. And um, that was when I was really getting into collecting Aquaman stuff, and I saw this thing, and I was like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> and I bought it, and at the time... Uh, one one of the guys that was with us, one of my buddies, Sean Tiffany, uh, one of my best friends in the world, was highly disturbed by it. He just found it deeply, deeply unsettling. So I really entertained myself that over the course of the con, like I would always put it on the bureau right by his face. So when he woke up in the hotel room, it would be right in front of him. He <laughs> <laughs> just did it every morning. He would just wake up to see this hideous Aquaman figure bouncing. It, like, every time I look at that figure, it's just a reminder of some, some good adventures that we had in the San Diego Comic-Con. And we did have a lot of great adventures. And uh, it's the, the, the figure itself is, is nothing to write home about, but it, it's, you know, it's a talisman of, of, of good times. And, and the sort of wrapping up of, like, that I loved Aquaman so much that I, you know, was stalking the con of the, the floor of the San Diego Comic-Con looking for Aquaman merchandise, which I'm sure I was the only one doing. Right. <laughs> so. I, I, I got to tell you, it's, uh, I think it is worth writing home about because it's terrifying. 
when you, you send me a link to it, I'm looking at the picture now. I actually thought the crab, I, th- I thought he was eating the crab, is what I thought. I couldn't tell it was an inner tube. Dude, it's twisted. It's just we- it's just so weird looking. You just got to wonder, like, when they were making it, like, what did they think they were making when they were making this thing? Like, what, <laughs> what did they think they were doing? It's just, it's it's one of those things that just showed you, like, no matter how small the world is, and that we're, you know, it's a lot smaller than it used to be, it's still, you know, in foreign lands, some things are getting really messed up in the translation. <laughs> you just got to wonder, who is this well, supposed to appeal to? The, the, that whole weird super deformed thing was huge in Japan in the 90s. I remember um, working at the comic book store. We used to sell a lot of super deformed stuff. And it, I, mean, I, I saw a lot of weird Marvel characters. I did not see any DC characters. And you know, now I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Um, it's, you, know, you should be glad that Firestorm probably never made it to that whew. super deformed thing. Right. So, <laughs> Just a couple of quick Aquaman-related merchandise I own that I'm kind of proud of. It's sort of uh, not unique but fairly rare. Uh, and you've, you've posted, all, I think, all of these on the Shrine, uh, which has been kind of you. Thank you. Uh, I have this Justice League of America jacket. It's this huge, thick, brown jacket, and it's got these patches along the arms representing the major you know, characters of the original age of, like, you know, there's a Superman patch, there's a Batman patch, there's an Aquaman patch, Green Lantern patch, and on the back there's this giant seal, and it's got, like, all the characters' faces around it. It's, it's not the kind of thing you'd wear in public because and, and, you'd probably get made fun of, but um, I did. I wore it all through college, though. I didn't. I, I love that jacket. It's like incredibly comfortable. It's kind of a cool piece. It came from the WB <laughs> store. So, so, uh, so dating didn't interfere with your studying. Then is what you're saying. Uh, it was actually bought for me by a girlfriend. Oh my! Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and no, she was not a keeper. There's there's also this great. I love this. I have this denim shirt. And again, both of these are they're really cool. But now that I'm older and and, and sort of professional, I'm a little hesitant to wear them. But this denim shirt, I love it. It's, it's got the Justice League patch on the front, and in the back, it's got this huge design of the main Justice League characters standing there together. You know, it's got Superman, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, and Green Lantern. And I want to say Green Lantern's even, like, leaning on Aquaman's shoulder, if I remember right. And it's a cool shirt, and, it, it, and uh, you know, it's, I, again, I wear it rarely, but I really, really dig it. <laughs> and last piece of bizarre merchandise I own is this Aquaman um, microfiche film. Oh, I have that too. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's reprints of, I want to say, More Fun Comics, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I believe uh, so. And then when he first, he first appeared, More Fun, right? Yes. Like, and it's, it's that run of my, More Fun Comics. And I actually, in college, found an old like uh, microfiche projector they were junking. Wow. And I said, can I have this? It was a library, it was junking. And they're like, sure. So I took it. And I would read Aquaman comics on the microfiche projector. <laughs> That's, wow. That's, That's dating myself a bit. Yeah, oh, Lord. There's a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I could mention my army of Aquaman, Total Justice Aquaman action figures. but Let's not. Let's, yeah. not, let's not mention the Total Justice figures. Let's, let's try to end the show on a good note. I really do have an army of them, folks. Fractal ask, tech gear. Ask um, me about it sometime. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so... <laughs> Um, so anyway, so that that's, you know, just our little look back at some of our favorite merchandise. Um, I think probably when the show goes live, we'll post some links to some of these figures so people can see what we were talking about. Um, although maybe not for the one I mentioned at the end, because I don't know if anybody needs to see that. Um, you should totally do it. I know, I know, I have to. Sean was so happy when I finally posted it, though. Um, so uh, anyway, after the break, uh, we're going to do some listener feedback. So... Uh, uh, please enjoy this brief interlude and uh, come right back. Batman and Robin, the dynamic duo. Superman, the man of steel. 
Aquaman, the famous undersea crime fighter. Tarzan of the Apes. Shazam, now featured on network television. Captain America, fighting injustice the world over. Spider-Man, the weird wall climber. The super foes, the arch enemies of the superheroes. The super gals, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Batgirl, and Catwoman. The Green Arrow, crime fighter from the forest. Iron Man, power personified. The Falcon, that great black superhero. The Green Goblin, Spider-Man's strange enemy. The Lizard, half man, half beast. And that fantastic green giant superhero, the Hulk. And for 1976, the Fantastic Four, the torch, faster than the speed of light. The Thing, Ben Grimm, man of granite. Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl, both have the powers of invisibility. The Fantastic Four, fighting for truth and honor. Conan the Barbarian, with his sword of justice. Four, using his fighting power against evil. And we are back, and uh, we are now going to do uh, everybody's uh, favorite segment, uh, <laughs> at least your favorite segment, my favorite segment, uh, listener feedback. Uh, so, Shag, why don't you start off? Absolutely. Uh, lots of feedback this time, folks, and we are not going to rush through it as quickly as we have previously. We're going to get through as, as much of this as we can. Uh, wanted to say thanks, as always, to our good buddies, Frank and Luke. They were kind enough to leave comments, as they always do. Uh, I love what they have to say. I, uh, I, I was going to highlight a couple of things that Frank said here because I thought they were sort of uh, relevant. One of them, we, we talked earlier about the dog Storm, you know, Aquaman's new dog named Storm. And, well, uh, we don't know its name Storm. No, 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 that's what he's going to be called. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I, I have decreed it. Uh, so see, yeah, there you go. Anyway, he, uh, apparently our talk about the dog actually inspired Frank. He, he was gonna, he's now decided he's going to do a spotlight on the Martian Manhunter blog about Martian Manhunter's pet wiener dog named Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And he actually wrote seriously. So I'm assuming he really means that Martian Manhunter had a dog named Wiener, named Jupiter. <laughs> um, he did take a moment to um, politely make fun of me and trying to say the word nuclear. Thank you for that. And uh, there was one thing I, I do have to give him credit for here, which, I, which pains me to be nice to him. But uh, we were digging on, you know, last time, picking on Martian Manhunter. We were picking on the Adam. We were picking on Bloodlines, right, just for fun. And he wrote in here, I still enjoy the Bloodlines of <clears throat> I, st- I can't say it without laughing. I still enjoy the Bloodlines event, though, especially the Aquaman and Firestorm annuals. And uh, the zing there, folks, is that neither one of our characters were popular <laughs> enough to have their own series. <laughs> so, I think that's a good thing, though, considering. I guess so, but still. Well played, Frank. Well played. I'm going to turn it back over to you in a second, but I wanted to give a, a shout-out, as always, to our folks who gave us a shout-out on Twitter. Thank you very much. As always, it's it. As I always say, it's a very powerful social networking uh, tool. And let me tell you, we got more shout-outs on Twitter this time than I think we have on it for any episode. So I'm going to run through the list real quick here. I'm going to start off with 
wow, Yildere Sinar tweeted about the Fire and Water podcast. That's so cool. Yeah, artist, that is neat. The artist for Fury of Firestorm. Thank you so much to Yildere for that. Um, run through the list of the rest of the fantastic folks. Bill, uh, I think it's Beer, is how you say it. His, his uh, Twitter handle is Gotham Knight 13. Lee Novak, our good buddy Lee Novak at Lee Novak 16. Joe Slab, I think you might know him. I think I do. Uh, Jay Slab 425. He runs the Aquaman Twitter, folks. Um, amazing Bass. Uh, Glenn Walker, who goes by uh, Monsura. My buddy Randy Caldwell, who goes by Mr. Perturbed. Moldwick, uh, who is still a bit of a mystery to me. He tweets about us a lot. I think his name's Alex Giles. Moldwick, you got to write me, man. you got to tell me. I'm wondering now. I think you're Alex Giles. I'm not sure. Uh, but we appreciate your support. Uh, another new tweeter. Uh, I don't – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up this guy's name. I'm going to try, though. Justin Guyorfi. You, jeez. I'm really slaughtering that. I'm sorry. But he goes by J. Guyorfi. As if that makes it better. (laughs) It's not working out so good. I'm sorry, Justin. (laughs) Uh, Alan Middleton, our good buddy, Professor Alan. uh, Who else? Um, Sorry. And um, wow, I'm really going to struggle here, too. Minjit Danjal? Is that how you would say that? Okay. Okay. Thanks for your support. Uh, on Twitter, you can find him as, as Manjit D. Um, then Hector Negret, uh, whose uh, Twitter handle is Bauhaus45, and Bill Bailey. Thank you, not, Bill Bailey, for having that name. Not to be confused with Axel Rose uh, at BB Netman. So uh, thank you guys for your support. I really appreciate it. And for those of you whose name I slaughtered, I sincerely apologize. Uh, just know that it's uh, it, it all falls under the Good Samaritan Act, and uh, I'm trying. So. <laughs> Which they are trying to ram through Congress today, so <laughs> that's why I think that's why Wikipedia went down. Uh, we have a, a review from iTunes from Sean Brock, who is also known as Oren's dad on the Shrine, and he wrote, "I'm a big fan of the podcast since episode one, but my general malaise and laziness inhibited my reviewing the series until episode ten. That's a lot of malaise." Um, <laughs> I'm a huge fan in general, all runs except the evil Eric Larson's. <laughs> I don't know whether Sean means Eric Larson's run was evil or that Eric Larson is evil. I don't know. I don't want to know. I'll just say it. Eric, Eric Larson's run was evil. Okay. Sorry. All right. <laughs> and also enjoy Firestorm, especially Ostrander's run. As a result, this, this podcast has been a lot of fun to listen to. Plus, you just can't go wrong with Slipknot talk. I have been missing the FDR impressions. Uh, sorry, Sean. Uh, but as long <laughs> but as but as long as we have Slipknot talk, I'm happy. Keep up with the great work, guys. I'm looking forward to episode 11. Yeah. Okay, I have to say, my favorite bit, I know you're not done, but my favorite bit there is that Slipknot talk dude, is in cat. Dude, I'm talking. What the hell is the matter with you? I'm in the middle of a thing, and then you interrupt me. What you like that? that? I'm going to keep going. But Slipknot talk is in capital letters. I know, like, like it's, it's a like show. It's a proper noun. <laughs> it's a show. I picture you and I on a, like a cheap PBS-type set with like a little thing, and it's like, hello, welcome to Slipknot talk. See, I picture it with, like, Long, An- Long Island accents. Welcome to Slipknot Talk. <laughs> By the way, I have to mention, you should have seen the look I got from Darlin' Tracy when I just whipped out that FDR impression. That look <laughs> I just got was, was pretty astounding. Um, <laughs> um, I'm also uh, – anyway, Sean's, uh, Sean's email, iTunes review continues. I'm also looking forward to the Husu podcast you two have been promising us. As for potential discussion topics, have a discussion of your favorite team-ups, guest appearances, or maybe your favorite stories arcs from each decade. 
Thanks again for the great podcast. Ride the wave, all caps. And Fan the Flame 2, I guess. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I like how it sort of peters out there with enthusiasm. So thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to work in my FDR impression. That was a great review. We appreciate that. The iTunes reviews are, are mean a lot to us. They're very actually, helpful, yeah. You know, as I read this, I completely forgot. I was going to make up a bunch of fake Slipknot merchandise for our talk earlier. <laughs> I completely forgot. Okay. Nice oh. job. Nice job, Jack. Nice job. I blew it. Uh, special thanks to, I mentioned him earlier, Alan Middleton. Uh, he gave us a shout-out on his own blog called the Ears, I'm sorry, the Eyes and Ears blog. You can find that at eyesandearsblog.blogspot.com. You're having a tough time with, with, with words tonight, Shag. I, I really do think that that Firestorm Tomb Tumblr is filled with bourbon or something. I was going to say, that fifth of vodka, it, <laughs> it hit me harder than I expected. Um, Alan posted his own podcast awards, and... Uh, you know, it was incredibly generous, and we actually showed up in his awards. I couldn't believe it. We won, uh, was it the best new podcast of 2011? Something like that. Something very impressive. Yeah. I was, it's a major wow. award. <laughs> you know, I just watched that with my kids. <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for that. And we posted up on Facebook, and we got some nice congratulations from a few other folks. John M. Wilson, uh, Daniel Cynical Adams, Lee Novak again, and Rod Pruitt. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate your support. Our good buddy Chad Bokelman also gave us a shout-out over on the comic forums, was talking about some of his favorite podcasts, and uh, mentioned the Fire and Water podcast. Thank you for that, folks. Absolutely. Uh, we got a, a, a very long, very nice email uh, at, the, at our email address, which is um, firewaterpodcast at comcast.net, uh, from uh, Roy Cleary, a.k.a. Charlemagne. And he has a, a lot of points. I don't necessarily want to read um, the whole thing, but he said, you've got a fire and water dude. has got to hand it to you guys. You have made your show my favorite podcast. That's very nice. It sickens me. To, it sickens me. <laughs> very strong, strong language. It sickens me to no end that I can only expect maybe two shows a month, but hey, I'll take what I can get. I'm sorry about that. We're, we're working on it. Um, I love the show and I update my iTunes every day, hoping, nay, praying to the fire and water gods that a new episode <laughs> may present itself. I feel bad that, that, that we send Roy to bed every night a broken man. I, I feel bad about that. I, um, I, I think he weeps. I think he does. Um, and uh, so he hits a couple of points, but... Um, one the highlight, he says, uh, in my last letter, I made mention of me winning a Name the Letter column title contest. I also have several fan letters printed in the 100-issue run of Firestorm back when I was but a wee lad. I've also been printed in Justice League, Suicide Squad, Manhunter, and Starman. Uh, so basically what Roy is saying, he's the kiss of death for books if he's printed in a oh. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I've also been printed in Sovereign Seven, uh, Sleepwalkers, and <laughs> <laughs> Terror Incorporated, and all the New Universe books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, he just, Rob just ad libbed all that stuff at the end. By the way, have you <laughs> DP Seven? Have either of you ever written to editors and had your letters, letters printed in the back of comics? Um, my answer to that is no. Uh, I wrote a bunch of letters when I was a kid on chicken with my chicken scratch. I can only imagine what some editor must have reacted to when he saw them. The closest I ever got was in Justice League of America, the original title. Um, they had this habit of printing the names of every single person that wrote in, regardless. They didn't necessarily print the letter, but they would then say, okay, all these people wrote in too. 
Mm-hmm. And my name got mentioned at the top of a list. And it wasn't alphabetical. So, like, I don't know how they – maybe they did it, like, by when they came in or whatever. They probably ranked it by quality, I would have to say. That's what, that's what I'm telling myself. Right. And um, so my name is at the top of the list in the letters page of JLA number 250, which was great hmm. because that was right in the middle of the Detroit era league. Yeah. Which was, you know, not great. But that's the issue that, like, hey. all that, that's uh, – somebody should start a blog about that. Um but uh, that was the issue where they brought a bunch of the old members back. So that was like kind of the last gasp of the original team. And there's my name. There's my name in the book. So uh, I was very excited about that. Um, you, you know your name's kind of common. It could have been a different Rob Kelly. <laughs> I guess it's possible. Um, See, when you, when you told me earlier that you, you sort of almost got printed in a, a letter. And I was thinking uh, like maybe you wrote into Justice League issue 261. And, you know, that's the end of that run. And so you just didn't get printed because they didn't have another issue. I have a history of, like, almost getting, like, mentioned or contacted and various things. I have a whole other story that involves me and Bill Murray that we'll have to tell <laughs> on another uh, on another time. We're, we're running out of time for this show. It's not appropriate to bring it up here, but we'll have to mention it in some other show. And the other, I'm sorry, the other point that Roy wanted to, Roy has in his email. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What? I've been, I've been printed in, like, in the back of comics. I, Am I, I not allowed to talk about I that? I don't care. Is, is your is your ego so fragile <laughs> that your one little brief flirtation with publication you just can't let me have my moment? Fine, go ahead. I'm just going to edit this out anyway, so go right ahead. Uh, this is fair enough. Okay. Um, I have been printed in Suicide Squad. I wrote a letter that I regret now because I was kind of snarky. Um, but it, I was in Suicide Squad. I've been printed in X-Men. I've been printed in um, Flash. Um the one I was printed in the most reoccurringly was uh, Dr. Fate. And, and you know, I, I just discovered this recently. I didn't realize this. I was going through some old stuff, and I found some of the old letter pages that had been printed in. I was flipping through them. And I was like, oh, yeah. I used to get printed in Dr. Fate pretty regularly, actually, because there was probably like three people writing in. you know. But I didn't realize it at the time, but the editor of that Dr. Fate run was Stuart Moore. Fast forward, geez, I don't know, 15 years, whatever. He's the guy who wrote the la- um, one of the better runs of the Jason Firestorm series. Oh, so wow. I, I've actually – he and I have communicated. We've emailed. We've done an interview. And, and all this time I forgot up until, up until just the other day that, oh, he and I had a previous relationship where I was – you know, he was the editor and I was one of his fanboys writing in. So that was kind of a cool small world little scenario. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yes, Doctor Fate. That's my that's my bragging spot. Uh, now we know why you like Doctor Fate so much. Hey, th- that's not why I like Doctor. Everyone likes Doctor Fate. Okay. Uh, the other thing that Roy mentioned is, he said, what would you two consider to be some of the most valuable or desirable issues of Aquaman and Firestorm to own? Being a flamehead, I would argue that while not too many issues of Firestorm are valuable, the most collectible might include. The original five-issue run from the 70s, number one from the 1982 launch, Justice League 179, which is the issue we're joined. Firestorm 61A, the alternate cover, features a Superman DC logo. I actually own three or four copies of this rare book. Like, I think there's only like five in existence, so Roy owns <laughs> 90% of them. And don't laugh, but issue 28 features the debut of Slipknot. It was this issue that was on the shelves when the Firestorm first appeared in the Super Friends cartoon. It was the first issue for lots of Firestorm fans who ran out and bought this book en masse after seeing this fine character on television. 
I got to tell you, I was blown away by this paragraph because, I mean, I I knew Charlemagne. um, He also posts on the DC Comics message board, by the way. But I I, I always, you know, I knew he's a a match head, a diehard match head. But, I mean, this guy, he knows knows exactly what the heck he's talking about. I mean, these these are the most important issues in Firestorm's. Or, you know, history. And even Firestorm 61A, which, as he said, was an alternate cover. It was this one where he was battling uh, Typhoon. And for those of you who don't know, they tried out the Superman Comics logo for a while instead of the DC Comics logo. They did it on, like, I don't know, three or four different comics in 1987. They did it on Justice League. I remember seeing yep. that. Justice League was one of them. Firestorm was one of them. And you know, I don't know if there was another one. I don't recall right off the top of my head. But, I mean, he, he's – Charlemagne's my problem, actually, because I don't own a copy of this. <laughs> He's 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 my he's blocking me, you know. You're you're, you're cock blocking me on getting this comic. Dude. Oh lord, I was really hoping you weren't going to use that phrase. I'm sorry. There it is. <laughs> All right. I couldn't come up with anything else to say. Going into the Garage Band, pulling down the pull down menu. Explicit. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know that that's really explicit. But anyway, uh, I don't even own a copy of this comic, and I've wanted one for a long time. So. Um, how cool is that? I mean, he, I just—I was really impressed, and I—I I like specifically that he mentioned issue twenty-eight, not just because of Slipknot's first appearance, which, by the way, is incredibly worthwhile. And all people who listen to the Firewater podcast should own a copy of the Fury of Firestorm number twenty-eight for that very reason. It was the very first issue of Firestorm I ever bought as well. Mm. For the same for the same reason he mentioned, it was on the shelves when the Super Friends cartoon aired, and I watched the Super Friends cartoon with Firestorm. That was my first real exposure to the character. Went up to the convenience store and bought Fury of Firestorm number 28, which ironically was not written by Jerry Conway, by the way. Mm. I just, that was a great letter from Roy. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, Roy. Really appreciate that. Uh, I have got uh, another lengthy letter here, but I think it's worth reading. It's, uh, this is from uh, this, this, this drunkard that we've been talking about all night, uh, Joe Slab. And uh, again, for the record, Joe, Hop's the one who claims you have a drinking problem. I don't think you have a problem. I think you know how to get the alcohol to your mouth without any issues. <laughs> All right. Uh, congratulations on the tenth episode of Fire and Water, guys. It was the first episode. It was the first episode I've had a chance to listen to. Rob keeps me very busy scouting out all things Aquaman on the Twitterverse. Laugh out loud. I really enjoyed it. You guys sound great. I tweet most everything I have to say about Aquaman on a daily basis, so I'm going to use this opportunity to express my thoughts about the new 52's Firestorm series. Shag. Let me start off by saying that unlike Rob, I'm a huge fan of Aquaman. I'm sorry. He's a, I'm a huge fan of Firestorm. <laughs> wow. Screw that up. Boy, that's, that sense doesn't work at all. <laughs> um, so unlike Rob, he's actually a huge fan of Firestorm. Uh, Firestorm is uh, – he's, he's second only to Aquaman in my personal pantheon of heroes. And it saddens me deeply that I have found the new Firestorm series to be so seriously lacking that I've dropped it following issue number three. I applaud your continued devotion to the series, Shag, and will try to explain my feelings logically without resorting to a rant. But for me, there, there is none of the excitement and wonder of any of the previous Firestorm series in the current run. While in Aquaman, Jeff Johns has restored the character to his core concepts and amplified them for a new audience. The Firestorm creative team has apparently decided they know better than Jerry Conway and have stripped Firestorm of most of the elements primary to his creation and are seeking to excite new fans by making Firestorm a concept rather than a hero, mired in government experiments and terrorist plots. Hey, that's original. We're not reading that storyline anywhere else. Thanks. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got strong things to say here, folks. I went into the series with such hopes as uh, Ethan Van Skyver is a huge favorite of mine. However, I lost all emotional investment in Firestorm as he is currently being presented. The series is humorless and just plain not fun, which to me are both core concepts of the Firestorm book. Whether it's the Firestorm core that appear to be developing or the god-awful Fury, does Firestorm need a Hulk and or Venom personality? It seems the creative team is at a loss as to what makes Firestorm such an awesome character. Unfortunately, Matchhead is not alone in this New 52 predicament. Green Arrow, Blue Beetle, and Captain Atom were all set up perfectly for solo books like Aquaman by Brightest Day, and yet DC Editorial decided to scrap those well-laid plans for something that just appears impulsive, flashy, and poorly thought out. Needless to say, I dropped these books after one issue each. I'm hanging on to Aquaman by the skin of... I'm sorry, I'm hanging on to Hawkman by the skin of my teeth, mostly due to the mention in number four that this may be Katar Hall in the wings. But I held on to Firestorm a little longer due to my fondness for the character. What I find most frustrating is the lack of editorial planning and direction of this series. With Gale's departure and Ethan's recently posting on the DCU boards that Firestorm will be off in an all-new direction as of issue number four. Really? I have to wonder what other diehard fans of the flame are holding on to this new series. I honestly haven't felt this way since Sword of Atlantis. In any case, I do plan to flip at least through issues number 7 and 8, as I understand the art will be done by Ethan Van Skyver solo, and maybe will draw me back in. I hope I didn't sound like a wet blanket. Just a little ha mark there. Uh, just wanted you to, to know I will try to keep up with Firestorm via the podcast, and hopefully things will turn around. Best regards, Joe Slab. Now, um, wow. It's a, it's a very strong letter. Um... And I'm, I'm going to make commentary on it in just a moment, but I want to read, and, and Rob hasn't even heard this yet. Uh, I got a follow-up email from Joe just today. It says, Shag, um, just wanted to follow up on the email that I sent you about the Fire and Water podcast. I've been reading Ethan Van Skyver's posts on fires, about Firestorm and sent him a note that he responded to. His honest acknowledgement of the editorial problems involved in the first four issues of Firestorm impressed me, and he seems just as invested in this book as Jeff, Ivan, and Joe are in Aquaman. I'll be back on board as of issue number five. I've always been a huge fan of Ethan Van Skyver as an artist, and now I'm a fan of him as a creator. Signed, Joe. P.S. The April solicit for Firestorm looks kick-ass. Although, if Firehawk is not Lorraine, I will miss her. Very strong words followed up by, he's willing to give it another chance. And I, I think that kind of sums up a lot of the Firestorm fans' feelings right now. I also want to give a shout-out. Thank you to Dennis Duchette, who uh, wrote us a nice letter as well. Uh, gave us a – is that five pluses? Yes, very nice. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully this episode outdid that, Dennis, and you'll give us six pluses. We've got the new issues of Aquaman and Firestorm coming out in just about a week, I think, right? And something And because of a weird quirk in the schedule, um, Justice League comes out the same week. There was no Justice League this week. So, mm. so it's all good. It's going to be Justice League, Aquaman, and Firestorm next week. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to have a lot to talk about this because we we have a problem with that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that is going to wrap up uh, this episode of the Fire and Water podcast. As always, if you want to write us an email, you can send it to firewaterpodcast.comcast.net. You can find the Aquaman Shrine at aquamanshrine.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, where can they, where can they find a Firestorm fan check? Uh, at firestormfan.com and also on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. And those are your primary locations to find us. I mean, we pop around to the DC message board and things like that from time to time, but that is uh, the best places to find us. Sweet. Okay. 
Bullshit. That is going to wrap it up for now. And we thank you, as always, thank you for all the feedback, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, until the next episode, ride the wave and uh, fan the flame. And until then, we will see you later. All right, say goodnight, Shag. Goodnight, Shag. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. They stand for truth and justice and see on land and And here we have Firestorm. This is a really cool one too. Um, it also is a little bit rubbery here and the legs and the hand and the f head. Um, fire here, fire there, and this is like translucent. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, these are just very, very basic little toys that you can probably just um, display. Not too, nothing too crazy, but it's pretty cool.